say that, right? Uh, prayer is not something we do to get started. It's part of it, okay? So actually, I'm getting started right now. And then part of it is we're going to pray. Okay, we're going to pray at the end, uh, of course. We're going to pray at the end. I want you to be thinking about that. At the end of the service, we always ask people to come up. Uh, we call it step out and st- step out and step up. Somebody that's on on your heart. I want you to be thinking about that, and and uh, I I don't know why. I I don't want you to be bashful about that. So when we come to the end, to the last thing that we do is is pray. I want you to be thinking about somebody that's on your mind, on your heart. I want you to maybe you've never done this before, but step out, step up, come up here and uh, pray especially for them. But we will pray now. Father, thank you for the Lord's day. Uh, We come into your house, Lord, to worship you, uh, to praise you. So many things going on in our life, uh, in the life of those around us, so many thoughts in our head, uh, so much going on, so much to think about. Uh, Help us right now, and we can't do it without you, uh, because we can do nothing without you. We can't do it without you. We can't put things out of our head. We need your help. And so your word tells us that you're looking for people who will worship you in spirit and in truth. And I hope that as you look for people like that, that you find us here. And we can't do that without you. So with the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to worship you, put other things out of the way. And uh, the truth is, the main thing that hinders us is not something else or someone else, it's me. The thing that hinders us the most is us. Help us to put us, help me to put me out of the way. And that's easy said and harder done. Help us to do that today. As you look for people to worship you in spirit and truth, I ask that you find us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Every season from where
before you sit down, find somebody that you hadn't shook hands with already this morning. Shake their hand. Tell them you're glad they're here this morning. Okay, if you have your Bible, John chapter 14. I'm sorry, John chapter 10. I've got John 14 on a note in my, on, my, uh, on my outline. John chapter 10, 6 through 7 and uh, 19 through 21. Matt, I, I didn't tell you before, I'm going to have a little longer intro, so let's just leave the title page up there and I'll kind of let you know when we get to the scripture. We have been going through the book of Matthew on Sundays. Obviously, this is not Matthew. A few couple weeks ago at Father's Day, I picked out the uh, the text, John chapter 10, story of the uh, Good Shepherd. All right. While I was getting ready, working on that, I came across verses 6 and 7. Had nothing to do with the message at Father's Day, but I could not get those verses out of my mind. And so I want to deal, talk about that before we go back to the book of Matthew. Having said that, as we work through Matthew, I think we're in Matthew uh, at the last, probably like chapter 5 now, um, I've had an overwhelming, I think, message from the Lord to me. And I've heard it before, somebody told me before, but it's like, now you've really got me, you really got to buckle down and do this. And that is to do it, the ministry, like Jesus did it. Do it like Jesus did it. When you don't know what to do, do it like Jesus did it, okay? All right, in every situation, just do it like Jesus did it. Somebody told me that years ago, but I'm trying to really, really apply that now. So as we're going through the book of Matthew, which is obviously talks a lot about the life of Jesus, what he did, who he talked to, I'm trying to really pay attention, do it like Jesus did. Okay, that was already on my mind. I've been thinking about that for weeks. When I was in John 10, work, working on the, the story of the shepherd for Father's Day, came to 6 and 7, and this overwhelming, okay, do it like Jesus did it. Okay, so that's where we are today. Title of the message is Nothing Stays the Same. Matt did the, the title page on purpose on the left-hand side as you, as you look at it. On the left-hand side is the shepherd. On the right-hand side is the gate, or in Scripture what we'll read is the door. The gate, the door, the same thing. So the shepherd and the door, okay? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about change, but I want to, don't get too scared. Nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same. So we are going to talk about change, but here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to preach to you about change. That's really not what this is. I'm not going to preach to you about you need to change. Okay, That's for another day. Or I'm not going to preach to you uh, you don't need to change. You know, that's, that is for another day. Okay, There will be times when we probably need to do that. But that's not what today is. The Holy Spirit knew, long before us, the Holy Spirit knew exactly who would be here today, and he knew exactly who would not be here. He knows who is going to watch this online, and he knows who's not going to. And so I've done my very best, I'm trying to do my very best right now, to let the Holy Spirit speak to us, to you, and he continually speaks to me. Nothing stays the same. Now, as far as change goes, I know that's a mixed bag, right? There are people who love change. There are people who hate change. Okay, just, I don't, just, I hate change. There are people who love change. I'm not preaching about that, okay? I don't really care, okay? Because it doesn't matter because nothing stays the same, okay? And I found that the people who love change, you know what I found out about them, and, and maybe you, is you love the change that you want, and you hate the change that you don't want, okay? That's all of us. So change is a mixed bag. We love what we want, and we hate when things change. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you are. When things are not going well with you, the sign, the saying, nothing stays the same, is what you want to hear. Things are just aren't going well with me right now. 
You know, I mean, if, if that's you, things just aren't going well with me right now. So when the pastor says nothing stays the same, it's kind of like, okay, good. It's going to change. But you know what? Obviously, the opposite's also true. If things are going really well with you, sorry, <laughs> nothing stays the same. I don't care who you are. I have to. You'll have to deal with that. Work our way through it. That doesn't necessarily help me like it, but I just know it's true. I know it's true. Nothing stays the same. So whatever's going on with me or you is not going to stay the same. Hardly ever will I speak to the same group twice. It's always different. Last week was one thing. Next week, I promise you, will be another thing. Okay? It's not going to stay the same. All right. Look at the scripture, John chapter 10. Now, what I got, have got for you to see is that if you were here on Father's Day, whether you were or not, John 10, 1 through 5, Jesus is giving them an illustration, and he's saying, I, Jesus says, I am the shepherd of the sheep. Remember, the sheep know my voice. They they hear, they will not listen to strangers. And so the illustration, the analogy was in chapter 10, 1 through 5, I am the shepherd. All right? Already dealt with that. Verse 6 is our text, though. So Jesus used this illustration, the shepherd, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. There's the key. He used the illustration. Now, we do. Most, most time, we, we get it. But every time we read the Bible, every story we read, everything we read, we're always looking at it in hindsight. Okay, we've studied that. You've probably heard the shepherd preached on a hundred times. All right, you get it. They're hearing it for the first time. We know who Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus is. We've become convinced of who he is. They haven't yet. Okay, so... This is all new to them. They've never heard this story be before. And they know who Jesus is, but they haven't become just convinced of who he is yet. So, you know, give them a break. It's all new to them. So in verse 6, they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. All right? They didn't get it. Verse 7, the first word is then. I'll replace it, same thing, with so. So, Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. Now we'll stop there. We'll go on here in a minute. We'll stop right there in that section. So, they didn't understand. So, Jesus said, okay, I'm going to try another way. You didn't understand that I'm the shepherd, so I'm going to explain to you, I'm going to give the illustration of a door. Uh, that we had up there. The shepherd on one side, the gate, the door on the other. Okay, so what's, what's Jesus do right here? Changes it. Changes it so that they can understand. Okay? He changes how he teaches because they didn't understand it. So he changes how he teaches them. Now, he doesn't say, boy, y'all are just dumb, you know. Why aren't you getting it? And there are a few times in the ministry of J Jesus where I think he, you know, kind of wants to say that. Why, are you all that just really that dumb that you're not getting it? But they weren't. They never heard this before. It's all new to them. I don't understand the sheep. He said, okay, so uh, I said to them again, let me try it this way. I am the door of the sheep. And the story goes on, and he does come back to the shepherd again. Now, here's what I want you to see in verse 19. I almost spilled the beans right then. 19 through 21. Okay, all the analogies done. He's talked about the sheep, the shepherd, the door, all of that real important stuff. They've all heard it for the first time. They've not had time to really digest all of this. I, I do think that primarily... 
what Je- who Jesus has been talking to when, it's, when, Jesus, when verse 6 said that they did not understand. I think that's primarily the disciples. But here in 19 through 21, after he's got done with all the teaching, therefore there was a division among the, again among the Jews because of these sayings, because of what Jesus just said. Many of them, let's just say, let's just, uh, I'm just, guess half. Many of them said, uh, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others, okay, the other half. These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And what I wanted you to see is the division among the people who heard. Why is there a division among the people who heard? The disciples and some of the other people, they didn't understand what Jesus said. And then at the end, they still don't understand. Some of them, some of them do. That's kind of the point, isn't it? What I want to talk to you about is God in the change. And having said that, usually I tell you there's an outline of this message on the backside of your bulletin. If you look at that, there's not an outline of this message on the backside of the bulletin. I, I just uh, worked on it and worked on it, and, and I decided not to. So this morning just more conversational style. I've got it in my head, I think, and we'll see how that goes. But when I thought about putting it on paper, the more I thought about it, the, the, the less I felt inclined to do it. So just conversational style. We're going to talk about God in the change. So Jesus changed the way he taught them because they weren't understanding it. Now, here's, this is important. Theologically, biblically, God does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you're listening, right? God does not change change. Now, with you, if you say, I don't get that, I'm going to say, you're dumb, okay? God does not change. Well, then why the change? Because people change, and people are different, and all right? So half the crowd uh, thought he had a demon. Half the crowd didn't think he had a demon. Jesus is trying to reach so many different people so many different mindsets, so many different ways of understanding, so many different ways to learn. There's a book out, The Seven Laws of Learning, and maybe if you're a teacher, you had to go through that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Some learn more by what they see, some by what they hear. So many different people. So God will change how he deals with you in order to deal with you. God will change, oh, I'm, I'm going to say it this way. I hope you get it. Change his relationship with you in order to have a relationship with you. If you are a parent of more than one child, hopefully you're not treating both of those children the same. Why? Because they're not the same. That's why. I hope you love them the same. But if you're treating, if you have more than one child, if you're treating them the same, that's not fair. Because they're not the same. And so you're maybe tending, but anyway, I I hope you get that. And so God has to do that with us too. So God is changing how he's speaking to you. God is changing how he is revealing himself to you. God is changing what he is saying to you. God is changing how he's disciplining you. I just, it just irritates me some things that other people can get away with. And God won't let me. Why? Because I'm not like them. I'm not them. We're different. They are different than I am. I'm different than, than them. And I suppose other people say, man, I can't believe how much God lets you get away with and he doesn't let me. 
Because we're God's children, and he's got a lot of them, and each one of them are different. And so he relates to us in different ways. Now, he's doing that with you, and I hope this makes sense to you this morning. You came into the Lord's house, and this is happening right now in your life. This is happening right now in some of your lives. God is relating to you differently than he used to. Why? Nothing stays the same. And the primary way the scripture uses and describes our relationship with the Lord is a walk, not a sit down, not a stationary, a walk. And, oh, wow, I just had a, what's that thing you walk on and stand still? Treadmill. Treadmill. Okay. I'm dumb. Okay. I just had a blank right, right there. And it's not a treadmill. It's a walk, and the scenery changes as you go. Enoch walked with God. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. Enoch walked with God, not on a treadmill. And the scenery changes, and everything changes. The temperature changes, and the days change, and nothing stays the same. So what's God doing with me right now? It used to be, you know, last year when I had my devotion or my study time, or it was, it was different. Sure it was. Of course it was. Because nothing stays the same except God. We are changing all the time. And it's just like trying to stop time. I don't care how many clocks you throw away. I don't care how many how many watches you stomp on. I don't care how many cell phones you turn off. You can turn the clock off, but it will not stop time. And nothing you can do will stop the, the fact that nothing stays the same. Things are changing all the time. And so God is changing things in your life. The unchanging God is changing the way he's dealing with you, speaking to you. He's changing all around you. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Okay? But I didn't think I needed. Yeah, you do, though. I didn't think I needed to change. That's kind of the problem. Okay? That's kind of the problem. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit right, right there, but that's kind of the issue. Because you didn't think you needed to. But God is about mat maturing you and growing you. And so it's, it's just different. Lord, have mercy. I've been a Christian for so long. Can you imagine if my relationship with the Lord was the same today as it was when I received him as my Savior? Uh, was saved when I was seven years old. And if somebody said, oh, oh all right, let me show you all that's going to happen. There's no way I could conceive or imagine what God was going to do. But it's happened day by day, year by year. God is changing everything around you. And God is changing you. He's trying to. That's what's going on. So, that Jesus said, uh, Jesus spoke to them in, in, a, in another way. Now, the reason he did that in verse 6 is they did not understand. I hope everybody in the room has, knows and understands that, that you don't understand. God doing something, God moving, God taking away, God blessing, God removing the blessing, God changing things, God changing you, God changing people around you. I have to say that in my life, in the ministry God's given me, that's probably one of the greatest mysteries to me. God, what are you doing with them what are you doing with them? I, I mean, there's a whole host. In fact, because of this, I, I just went through my mind of all the things I don't understand. It's huge. It's a huge list. There's so many things. In fact, there's just so very few things that I do understand. God, I don't understand. Right. 
you're in good company, right? When he told them about the shepherds, I don't understand. You're in good company. I don't understand. Tell him that. I want to be very gentle here because I've done the same thing. I've, I've made the same mistake. So I'm going to be gentle right here. I don't know where it started. I don't know where it came from. But there's this thing in the church world that I hear a lot. People saying, you shouldn't ask why. You shouldn't question God. You shouldn't ask why. Okay, I don't know where that started. The problem is it didn't start here. Okay? The Bible is full over and over and of people coming to Jesus and people coming to God in prayer saying, God, why? God, what? God, what do you want me to do? God, why are you asking me to do this? God, in my case, like what I just said, why are you doing this with these people over here? Why? God, what? And what do I do about it? If, what's going on with these people? What can I do to help? God, why? And God, what? So I, I don't pretend to ever be able to change what's going to go on in church land. I guess for the rest of our life, we're going to have people saying now, now you shouldn't ask why, and you shouldn't ask what. And you say, well, you should read the Bible, you know. That's exactly what the disciples did. Jesus, I don't understand. And they weren't afraid to say so. Okay, right here, right now, I want you to, if you are, I want you to stop being afraid to say so. Do you think that God doesn't understand that you don't understand? Do you think that by not saying it, that somehow he doesn't know it? Do you see the insanity of that thinking? And so, in my mind, I figured out, you know what? I might as well tell God what's on my mind, whether it, it sounds good or not, whether it's proper or not, whether it's appropriate or not, because he already knows what's on my mind. So why would not saying it help me? It's not going to help me. And so I recommend to be honest with God and get real with God. And if you don't understand why, ask him. If you don't know what, ask him. I don't know he's going to tell you, but sometimes he did. And so it's worth a shot. Now, having said all that, please, First General Baptist Church, let's none of us, let none of us say to others, you shouldn't ask why. Don't question God. Let's, let's just don't say that. All right? Let's just don't say that. In fact, let's be helping. So you know what? I know you're going through a really low time, and I know that you're questioning God. You're questioning yourself. You're questioning everything. You're questioning ev ev everyone. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not here to make it harder on you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to pray with you. I'm not against you. Again, God's not against you. God's with you. Jesus with us. So if you're questioning, I guarantee you, you're in a good group, okay? Because almost all of us do that. God, I don't understand. Doesn't it make sense that it, the, the God who, can who literally create the world in six days, which is the only thing that makes sense, is the God that can literally create the world in, in, in six days, you're not really going to get him and understand him all that well. Okay? It, that only makes sense, that God's just quite a bit above us and beyond us, and so there's a lot of things he's going to do that, God, I don't understand. And he doesn't tell me the answer, but you know what? Some of the things that he has told me the answers to and opened my eyes to, I do believe that it came because I simply I told him, God, I don't get it. Would you show me? God, I don't understand. I don't understand. 
would you show me? God, I need, I'm here needing help. Would you help me? Would you show me what I'm supposed to do? Okay. Now, there are those, but at the, the scriptures that we read at the end, there are those who looked at Jesus one way, there are those who looked at Jesus the other way. Now I want to deal with a smaller group, pr probably, and that are those of us who think we do understand. No, you don't. No, you don't. You understand just a little bit. I'm going to talk to those of us who, who are, who are wanting to keep things the same. I did a funeral for a friend of mine a while back, and it dawned on me as I was praying about what to say and do. It dawned on me that his whole life focus was about because he'd found that place in his life that was that was comfortable. I just want to keep that. I just want to keep that. But that's not what life is. And it's kind of like you can tear up as many clocks as you want to, but you can't stop time. So it's that things are, nothing stays the same. But there may be a smaller group among us who, who think that you do have it. You know, I've, I've got this. No, you don't. I t uh, limp, hey, since I've just been throwing stuff out there, let me throw this out here. That thought that God will not put on you more than you can bear, where does that come from? Is it scriptural? Go home and look that up. You won't, you won't find it. I think you're referring to God will not give us a temptation beyond which we are able to bear and, and handle the temptation. But we've shortened that. God will not put on you more than you can bear. Is that really true? No. Has God ever put on more on you than you can bear? Yes. That's why I need him. That's why I need him so desperately because God, you're, God's putting on me right now more than, I, more than I can bear. Preaching is not hard to do. Preaching is impossible to do. It's more than I can do. God will put on you more than you can bear. But some of us have thought, well, I've, you know, I'm at a place that I, that I understand and I've got this. No, you don't. You fooled yourself. And God it may be trying to reach you and trying to get you to grow, but you, but you haven't grown for years or, or weeks, or, but you haven't grown because you, you, th you think you found this spot that I just want to stay there. I think God is going to disrupt that. I think God is going to, in fact, there's, well, there's some people that, I, that I'm praying about I think that's where they're headed toward there. Something's going to happen. God's going to put more on them than, than they can bear. They found this comfortable place without God. God, I pray they don't stay there long. Something's going to happen. God's going to, God's going to disturb their nest. Hallelujah when God disturbs our nest. And God get us, gets us to where we begin to move and begin to pray and we begin to seek and we begin to ask and we begin to beg and we begin to fast and we begin to pray like we've never prayed before because we don't understand, we don't know why, we, we don't know what, and we desperately need him. And God is moving in such a way that all the comfort of last week, all the comfort of last year is gone. I'm not comfortable any, anymore. God, I've got to have you. I've got to know why. I've got, I've got to know what God I, I need you to work in my life and that's exactly what's going on nothing stays the same but probably the worst place we can be is when we think we found that comfortable spot where you know I'm just good right here nothing's really going on I'm not disturbed I pray with all my heart God would grab you and shake you by your collar and shake you and disturb you to where you get down here and pray 
And you get down here and really seek him because you don't know what to do and you don't know why and you desperately need him because God has put more on you than you can bear. He's disturbing the nest. I, I, I have to tell you from a spiritual standpoint, I love to see that. That's God at work. They didn't understand and so Jesus comes and does it another way. They just were divided on what that meant. So Jesus comes and does it another way. Watch it when we go through the book of Matthew. Look at how many times that happens. They don't know. They don't. So Jesus does it another way. And he's doing that right now with you. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. This is our prayer time. This is a very important time. This is a response time where we respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us right here, right now. Is it just you two? Okay. You got your earbud in. You can't hear me. But anyway. No, it's you three. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand, please. Prayer time is for God, I need to talk to you. God, I need to talk to you. Jesus, I need to talk to you. I don't know what to do. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what is happening. And I have no idea what to do about it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to deal with it. God, I need to talk to you. And isn't that really just simply what prayer is? God, I need to talk to you. God, I need to talk to you about somebody else. They're on my heart. I'm burdened. God, I need to talk to you about somebody else. And God, I need to talk to you about me. God, I need to talk to you about me. I don't understand. And I don't know what you're doing. But I want to trust you. And let you do your perfect work. God, I don't understand what you're doing. But I'm going to trust you. And I want to come forward this morning and tell you that. I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you through it all. If you need to come and pray about someone else, about yourself, about whatever it is, the question, the confusion, while they play and sing, this is our chance to come and talk to God about it. Talk to Jesus about it. If you need to come and pray, we invite you to come.